Chapter twenty four of Elsie's Motherhood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Elsie's Motherhood by Martha Finlay. Chapter twenty fourth. The trees did bud and early blossoms bear, and all the choir of birds did sweetly sing and told that garden's pleasures in their caroling. Spencer's Fairy Queen nothing could be lovelier than was viamede as they found it on their arrival the children one and all were in an ecstasy of delight over the orange orchard with its wealth of golden fruit glossy leaves and delicate blossoms the velvety lawn with its magnificent shade trees the variety and profusion of beautiful flowers and the spacious lordly mansion they ran hither and thither jumping dancing clapping their hands and calling to each other with shouts of glee the pleasure and admiration of the older people were scarcely less though shown after a soberer fashion but no check was put upon the demonstrations of joy of the younger ones they were allowed to gamble frolic and play and to feast themselves upon the luscious fruit to their heart's content nor was the gladness all on the side of the new arrivals to the old house-servant many of whom still remained the coming of their beloved young mistress and her children had been in revenge looked forward to with longing for years they wept for joy as they gathered about her kissed her hand and clasped her little ones in their hand fondling them and calling them by every endearing name known to the negro vocabulary and their children having heard a great deal both from mamma and mammy about these old people and their love and loyalty to the family were neither surprised nor displeased but quite ready to receive and return the affection lavished upon them the party from lansdale arrived only a few days after the others and were welcomed with great rejoicings in which even bruno must have a share he jumped and gambled about harry and may tried to kiss the babies and finally put his nose into aunt wilfie's lap saying you're an old lady ma'am and i'm glad you've come ah she answered patting his head and laughing her low sweet silvery laugh you betray your scotch accent my fine fellow and i'm too old a chaff to be caught with a bird mr mason was still chaplain at viamede and with his wife and children occupied a pretty and commodious cottage that had been built on the estate expressly for their use when he and mr daly met they instantly and delightedly recognized each other as former classmates and intimate friends and the dailies by urgent invitation took up their abode for the winter in the cottage but mr and mrs travilla were careful that it should still be entirely at their expense a suite of apartments in the mansion was appropriated to each of the other families and it was unanimously agreed that each should feel at perfect liberty to withdraw into the privacy of these having their meals served to them there if they so desired or at their pleasure to mingle with the others in the breakfast parlour dining-room drawing-rooms library etc the first fortnight was made a complete holiday to all the days being filled up with games walks rides drives and excursions by land and water in consequence of the changes occasioned by the war they found but little society in the neighbourhood now yet scarcely missed it having so much within themselves but at length even the children began to grow somewhat weary of constant play harry duncan and horace jr announced their speedy departure to attend to business and the other adults of the party felt that it was time to take up again the ordinary duties of life mr daly anxious to make some return for the kindness shown him offered to act as tutor to all the children who were old enough for school duties 
but rosie put her arms around her father's neck and looking beseechingly into his eyes said she preferred her old tutor at which he smiled and stroking her hair said that she should keep him then for he would be quite as loath to give up his pupil and elsie's children clinging about her entreated that their lessons might still be said to mamma so they shall my darling she answered for mamma loves to teach you the young carringtons too and their mother preferred the old way so mr daly's kind offer was declined with thanks and perhaps he was not sorry being weak and languid and in no danger of suffering from ennui with horses to ride and plenty of books at hand a schoolroom was prepared but only the travillas occupied it sophie preferred to use her dressing-room and rosie studying in her own room and reciting to her papa in his or the library elsie expected her children to find it a little hard to go back to the old routine but it was not so they came to her with bright happy faces were quiet and diligent and when the recitations were over gathered about her for a little chat before returning to their play mamma said eddie we've had a nice long holiday and it's really pleasant to get back to lessons again so it is said vi don't you think so elsie yes indeed nice to get back to our books but we've had lessons almost every day grandpa and papa and mamma teaching us so much about the birds insects and all sorts of living things and the flowers and plants trees stones and oh i don't know how many things that are different here from what we have at home at home why this is home isn't it mamma exclaimed eddie yes my son one of our homes yes and so beautiful said vi but iron appears the homiest to me does it darling asked mamma giving her a smile and a kiss yes mamma and i love iron dearly viamede most as well though because you were born here and your dear mamma and because that dear grandma is buried here remarked her sister and because of all those dear graves mamma i do like those lessons i was speaking of and so do eddie and vi but herbert and meta and harry don't they say they think them very stupid and dull i'm glad my children that you love knowledge their mother said because it is useful the more knowledge we have the more good we can do if we will and then it is a lasting pleasure god's works are so wonderful that we can never learn all about them while we live in this world and i suppose throughout the endless ages of eternity we shall be ever learning yet always finding still more to learn mamma how pleasant that will be said elsie thoughtfully and oh mamma cried vi that reminds me that we've been out of doors most all the daytimes and haven't seen grandma's playroom and things yet won't you show them to us yes we will go now me too mamma asked harold yes all of you come i want you all to see everything that i have that once belonged to my dear mother aunt rosie wants to see them too said vi and herbert and meta and the others added elsie they shall see them afterward i want no one but my own little children now replied mamma taking harold's hand and leading the way she led them to the room a large and very pleasant one light and airy where the flowers were blooming and birds singing vines trailing over and about the windows lovely pictures on the walls cosy chairs and couches work-tables well supplied with all the implements for sewing others suited for drawing writing or cutting upon standing here and there quantities of books games and toys nothing seemed to have been forgotten that could give pleasant employment for their leisure hours or to minister to their amusement there was a burst of united exclamations of wondering delight from the children as the door was thrown open and they entered now they understood why mamma had put them off when several times they had asked to be brought to this room she was having it fitted up in a way to give them a joyful surprise do you like it my darlings she asked with a pleasant smile oh yes 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 indeed they cried jumping dancing and clapping their hands dear dear mamma how good how good you are to us and they nearly smothered her with caresses 
releasing herself she opened another door leading into an adjoining room which to eddie's increased delight was fitted up as a workroom for boys with every set of tool used by carpenters and cabinet-makers he had such at iron and was somewhat acquainted with their use oh what nice times herbert and harry and i shall have he exclaimed what pretty things we'll make mamma i don't know how to thank you my dear father he added catching her hand and pressing it to his lips with passionate affection be good and obedient to us kind and affectionate to your brothers sisters and playmates she said stroking his hair that is the kind of thanks we want my boy we have no greater joy than to see our children good and happy if we don't be it's just our own fault and we're ever so wicked and bad cried vi vehemently mamma smiled at a little girl's impetuosity and then in grave tender tones said and is there not some one else more deserving of love and thanks than even mamma and papa god our kind heavenly father murmured little elsie happy grateful tears shining in her soft eyes yes it is from his kind hand all our blessings come i love god said harold so does frank mamma can frank come up here to play with me yes indeed frank is a dear good little boy and i like to have you together mamma unlocked the door of a large light closet as she spoke and the children looking eagerly in saw that its shelves were filled with beautiful toys grandma's thing they said softly yes these are what my dear mother played with when she was a little girl like elsie and vi said mamma you may look at them there was a large baby house beautifully furnished there were many dolls of various sizes and little chests and trunks full of nicely made clothes for them to wear night clothes morning wrappers gay silks and lovely white dresses bonnets and hats shoes and stockings too and ribbons and laces for the lady dolls and for the gentlemen coats hats vests cravats and everything that real grown-up men wear and for the baby dolls there were many suits of beautiful baby clothes and all made so they could be easily taken off and put on again there were cradles to rock the babies in and coaches for them to ride in there were dinner and tea sets of the finest china and of solid silver indeed almost anything in the shape of toys that the childish heart could desire the lonely little girl had not lacked for any pleasure that money could procure but she had hungered for the best earthly gift the love of father mother brothers and sisters which can be neither bought nor sold the children examined all these things with intense interest and a sort of wondering awe then begged their mother to tell them again about dear grandma they had heard the story all that mamma and mammy could tell many times but it never lost its charm yes dears i will i love to think and speak of her elsie said sitting down in a low chair while they gathered closely around her the older two one on each side the others leaning upon her lap mamma it is a sad story but i love it little elsie said drawing a deep sigh as the tale came to an end yes poor little girl playing up here all alone said eddie except mammy corrected vi yes with mammy to love her take care of her but no brother or sister to play with and no dear mamma or papa like ours yes poor dear grandma sighed little elsie and it was almost as hard for you mamma when you were a little girl didn't you feel very sad ah daughter had jesus to love me and help me in all my childish griefs and troubles the mother answered with a glad smile and mammy to hug and kiss and love me just as she does you but oh didn't you want your mamma and papa yes sorely sorely at times but i think no little child could be happier than i was when at last my dear father came home and i found that he loved me dearly ah i am so glad so thankful that my darlings have never suffered for lack of love i too mamma and i and i they exclaimed clinging about her and loading her with caresses hark she said i hear your dear grandpa's step there he is knocking at the door eddie ran to open it ah i thought i should find you here daughter this mr dinsmore said coming in 
I, too, want to see these things. It is long since I looked at them. She gave him a pleased look and smile, and stepping to the closet, he stood for some moments silently gazing upon its treasures. You do well to preserve them with cares as mementos of your mother, he remarked, coming back and seating himself by her side. But, Grandpa, you could tell us more about her, and dear Mamma too, when she was a little girl, said little Elsie, seating herself upon his knee, twining her arms about his neck and looking coaxingly into his face. Ah, what a dear little girl your mamma was at your age, he said, stroking her hair and gazing fondly first at her and then at her mother. The very joy of my heart and the light of my eyes. They're not dearer than she is now. Elsie returned the loving glance and smile while her namesake daughter remarked, Mamma couldn't be nicer or sweeter than she is now. Nobody could. No, no indeed, chimed in the rest of the little flock. Grandpa, please tell the story. You never did tell it to us. No, he said, half sighing, but you shall have it now. Then went on to relate how he had first met their mother's mother, then a very beautiful girl of fifteen. An acquaintance took him to call upon a young lady friend of his, to whom Elsie Grayson was paying a visit, and the two were in the drawing-room together when the young man entered. What did you think the first minute you saw her, Grandpa? asked Eddie that she had the sweetest most beautiful face and perfect form i had ever laid eyes on and that i would give all i was worth to have her for my own love at first sight his daughter remarked with a smile and it was mutual yes she told me afterward that she had loved me from the first though the longer i lived the more i wonder that it should have been so for i was a wild wildwood youth but she poor thing had none to love and cherish her but her mammy grandpa i think her very nice put in vi leaning on his knee and gazing affectionately into his face I'm glad you do, he said, patting her soft round cheek. But to go on with my story, I could not keep away from my charmer, and for the next few weeks we saw each other daily. I asked her to be my own little wife, and she consented. Then one early morning we went to a church and were married, no one being present except the minister, the sexton, and her friend and mine, who were engaged to each other, and her faithful mammy. Her guardian was away in a distant city and knew nothing about the matter. He was taken sick there and did not return for three months, and during that time Elsie and I lived together in a house she owned in New Orleans. We thought that now we were safely married, no one could ever separate us, and we were very, very happy. But one evening her guardian came suddenly upon us as we sat together in her boudoir, and in a great passion ordered me out of the house. Elsie was terribly frightened, and I said, I will go to-night for peace's sake, but Elsie is my wife, and to-morrow I shall come and claim her as such, and I think you'll find I have the law on my side. Elsie clung to me and wept bitterly, but I comforted her with the assurance that the parting was only for a few hours. Mr. Dinsmore's voice faltered. He paused a moment, and then went on, in tones husky with emotion. We never saw each other again. When I went back in the morning, the house was closed and quite deserted not even a servant in it, and I knew not where to look for my lost wife. I went back to my hotel, and there found my father waiting for me in my room. He was very angry about my marriage, the news of which had brought him from home. He made me go back with him at once, and sent me north to college. I heard nothing of my wife for months, and then only that she was dead, and had left me a little daughter. And that was our mamma, cried the children, once more crowding about her to lavish caresses upon her. They thanked their grandfather for his story, and Vi, looking in at the closet door again, said in her most coaxing tones, Mamma, I should so, so like to play a little with some of those lovely things, and I would be very careful not to spoil them. Not now, daughter, though perhaps I may allow it some day when you're older. But see here, will not these do quite as well? 
and rising mrs travilla opened the door of another closet displaying to the children's delighted eyes other toys as fine and in as great profusion and variety as those she considered sacred to her mother's memory oh yes yes mamma how lovely how kind you are are they for us he exclaimed in joyous tones yes she said i brought them for you while we were in new orleans and you shall play with them whenever you like and now we will lock the doors and go down to dress for dinner the first bell is ringing after dinner the playroom and the contents of the two closets were shown to mrs dinsmore rosie and the carringtons and then mrs travilla locked the door of the one that held the treasured relics of her departed mother and carried away the key after dinner the playroom and the contents of the two closets were shown to mrs dinsmore rosie and the carrington then mrs travilla locked the door of the one that held the treasured relics of her departed mother and carried away the key End of chapter twenty four